0: Good evening. You're listening to Community Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. It's 6 o'clock and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendoza. The California report looks at the topics and themes covered in Governor Gavin Newsom's State of the State address, plus a response from a Republican leader in the legislature. And Saul Gonzalez talks to a Modesto-based immigration attorney about which Ukrainians will find it easier to resettle in the United States. Keeping with the theme, KVMR contributor Heidi Starr shares an interview with Vlad Scotts, chairman for the Ukrainian-American House in Sacramento. The California News Service brings us a story about how a Sacramento area nonprofit is working to improve adult education in rural Northern California. We close tonight with a commentary by Chaplain Norris Burks.
1: This is the California Report and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom gave his annual State of the State Address last night and used the speech to push back against critics who say California is careening out of control under his leadership. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer was there.
2: At the very start of his speech, Newsom acknowledged that with the war in Ukraine and the world in turmoil, his speech didn't amount to a hill of beans.
3: I don't imagine there are many people outside of these walls waiting on the
2: words that will be said here tonight. The governor noted that a million new jobs have been created in California over the last 12 months, but he acknowledged the pain people feel from record high prices at the pump, saying he'll propose a tax rebate to help ease the burden. And that's why working
3: with legislative leadership, I'll be submitting a proposal to put money back in the pockets of Californians to address rising gas prices.
2: But Newsom also pushed back on the idea of increasing oil and gas supply by repeating what he called mistaken policies of the past. By embracing
3: polluters, drilling even more oil, which only leads to even more extreme weather, more extreme drought and more wildfire.
2: With polls showing homelessness being among voters' top concerns, Newsom touted his proposal to create so-called care courts in every county where people with severe mental health problems can be compelled into treatment under certain circumstances, but he offered no new details. Republicans, including Senate Minority Leader Scott Wilk, says he's open to the new idea, but is skeptical because of what he says is the failure of Newsom's approach so far. He's spent $17 billion since he's been here. Homelessness in the state's gone up 24 percent. So what he's done hasn't worked with this, you know, housing first. Republican State Senator Brian Daly, who's running for governor this year, says Newsom has had too much unilateral power granted during the pandemic, and it's time to return to more normal governing
3: we need to stop the state of emergency.
2: We need three branches of government, not just one. In light of what's happening in Ukraine, Newsom said it was a good time to appreciate the best parts of our imperfect democratic system.
3: A moment to reflect on what it means to live in a society where elected elected leaders still settle
2: our disagreements, by and large, with civility and compromise. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer in Sacramento.
1: As we continue to hear and see the harrowing stories coming out of Ukraine, we're talking to Californians with connections to the region who are trying to help One of them is Patrick Kolashinsky, an immigration attorney now based in Modesto, but originally from Poland. Kolashinsky returned to Poland last week to help Ukrainian refugees arriving in the country with legal issues and other assistance. I talked with him yesterday as he walked in Warsaw. I started by asking Kolashinsky about how his mission started.
4: I found myself kind of accidentally leading a group of now about 600 immigration lawyers from around the country who all kind of got together on Facebook to see what we could do. We didn't really know what was going to happen there. We wanted to share some information, but we knew that there would be a need for our services. That was started right after the invasion and kind of grew. And I came out here to see what we could do about helping people who can come to the United States actually do that. Along the way, I ended up uh, getting connected with a group that wanted to bring relief supplies. So we brought those over and I'm making some ties between the U.S., and Warsaw legal systems and just kind of laying the groundwork for helping out as we can.
1: Hmm. So I assume you have a lot to do in the coming days. Uh, you may be trying to formulate your plans even as we speak. But what will you be trying to do? Who will you be trying to reach out to in terms of Polish authorities or Ukrainian authorities? What, what's your plan?
4: It's been dynamic. It changes by the minute, every day is might guess. I've, uh, I have meetings with the head of the Warsaw Bar Association and with the lead nonprofit here in Warsaw, the Ukrainian House, that is working with the Ukrainian refugees. In the past few days, I've met with a group of lawyers here who are gathering resources and are helping people with their Polish legal issues. And uh, a bunch of refugees by themselves throughout the day. I, I come across groups that have ties to the United States, And I'm connecting them with those lawyers back in the U.S. that want to help.
1: Hmm. So if you meet Ukrainian refugees who say, I really want to go to the United States, I really want to go maybe to California. What can you and your and your associates do in the short term?
4: So if they are otherwise eligible to come to the United States, that is, they have a, a spouse or a parent or an adult child who is a resident or citizen of the United States, there's a lot we can do. There, basically, it's the usual immigration process, only there are ways that we can expedite it and facilitate it so that they get back, get into the United States sooner. There's a lot of people who were just in the usual process before the war happened. And so we're helping them coordinate as their immigration process was moved from Kiev to Frankfurt or Dublin, or some of them Toronto, and, and getting them through that system. For people who don't have any ties to the United States, there's not much I can do. The immigration system does not provide much for them other than the global refugee system. And that is not something that attorneys get involved in and really the odds of being assigned to the United States under that refugee system are tiny with the reduced refugee numbers that we have.
1: I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who in some way want to help Ukraine. I mean, you've helped in a very tangible way by by actually traveling to Europe to offer your services and your knowledge. Do you have any suggestions just from what you've learned in the short time that you've been on the ground there?
4: There are a couple of things. We definitely need lawyers, although we have most lawyers kind of working on this together already. We need doctors. Doctors are very, very much needed here. And if any doctors can hear this and can manage to take some time off and help out here, there is a huge, huge medical need. It's safe. You're going to be in Poland. No one's going to attack you. And there is a huge need for medical supplies. Europe is Europe. It's phenomenally well supported, but there's been a run on medical supplies. And so we are working on getting medical supplies shipped into here. Bandages, combat medical supplies, uh, trach tubes, whatever can be sent and specifically doctors and nurses, are very, very, very much needed. Everywhere I go, that's what people are asking for, is please send us doctors.
1: That was Modesto-based immigration attorney Patrick Koloshinsky, who's in Poland helping Ukrainian refugees.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adaptingcare. care now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at PaintCare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And that is the California
1: Report for this Wednesday, March 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good day.
0: Sacramento-based contributor Heidi Starr shared this interview with KVMR News. In it, she interviews Vlad Scotts, chairman of the Ukrainian-American House.
5: I'm very well connected with the Ukraine. Uh, I have my parents there. My other five brothers live in Ukraine. Two of them now in Kyiv, Ukraine. I have office in Kiev, in Odessa. Me personally, I used to be very often in Ukraine, three, five times a uh, year. Uh, I have many connections there, many and many partners, friends. So I'm very well connected with the Ukraine. And as of today, I'm connected with the Ukraine basically 24-7, with people in Kiev, particularly in Odessa. All, all over the Ukraine. So uh, every day when I contact somebody there or each time, I just make sure if everybody alive, people dying every day, uh, people hiding in uh, bomb shelters, uh, basically few time multiple times a day. So it's, it's disaster there. It's, it's very bad and getting worse and worse. As of today, uh, I mean, the biggest help, you can give them decent money, there's access to the supplies so far, but I believe if conflict will delay more for a week or so, they might be out of supply from Europe, from the Poland or all countries that around Ukraine.
6: What can people listening do today to support Ukraine and the Ukrainian people here in Sacramento?
5: So people can, can donate. As of today, the biggest help can be because we can transfer money there. They can, they can purchase because whole logistic industry disturb. As of today, uh, if you want to send something, we have to order air freight. It's going to Poland from Poland, a green corridor to Ukraine. It takes time. Uh, so best way to use any nonprofit organization, donate. And also if you could call to your legislator, senator, uh, congressman, because we are asking, uh, um, United States so they make a, a pressure on the NATO. We want to close uh, fly zone in Ukraine because as we see Putin destroying our towns there by rockets, there's this Russian muscles, uh, um, Ukrainians, they're giving big um, response, uh, civil resistance to Russian aggression. They're willing to continue to fight on the ground, but they're desperately asking and begging for help to close uh, skies, so Putin won't disturb, uh, destroy our towns there.
6: Can you tell us, is there anything happening in Sacramento soon that people can participate in?
5: Yes, this uh, Sunday. From four till seven, we have California rally at the capital. So we invite everybody. So there's going to be California gathering there. There's going to be a lot of Ukrainians people, um, our legislators, pastors, all kind of people who want to provide their supports. If you can um, share this information, we would greatly appreciate.
6: And how do people get a hold of the Ukrainian House in Sacramento?
5: Uh, it's uahouse.org we, we have phone number 916 so far we are able to handle calls uh, but better we will upload tonight better website to keep communication
6: that was my conversation with Vlad Scotts of the Ukraine American House in Sacramento they can be reached at org. I'm Heidi Starr for KVMR News
0: Sacramento based Project Attain is a nonprofit working to help working age adults with some college but no degree return to finish what they've started. Next, California News Services' Suzanne Potter explains how the organization is splitting a $75,000 grant with four other educational nonprofits around the country.
6: More help is in the works to make it easier for adults in rural Northern California to go back to college for a certificate or degree. Project Attain in the Sacramento area is one of five educational nonprofits around the country splitting a $750,000 grant from Civic Lab. Barbara Halsey with Project Attain says the grant will help the group expand its navigator program, which helps adults overcome the barriers that make it hard to go back to school.
5: I'm hoping that five years from now, California's education workforce development system is so effective that the problem of people stopping out doesn't exist anymore.
6: Project Attain will get financial support and technical assistance for the next two years as part of the grant. Halsey says adults returning to school in rural areas often face greater challenges because the closest college may be hours away. Broadband may be spotty, and compared to urban areas, affordable childcare is especially tough to find. Dakota Palicki, director of the Talent Hubs at Civic Lab, says the money will also help community colleges and workforce training programs make learning transferable.
4: This way, someone who maybe has to move for work, that their credit counts for other places, and that these organizations collectively share lessons learned to improve all higher education throughout Northern California.
6: Project Attain will cover 25 rural counties in Northern California. The other four nonprofits chosen for the grant serve rural areas of Florida, Indiana, New Mexico, and Texas. Support for this reporting was provided by Lumina Foundation. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org.
0: Nevada County recorded just three new COVID-19 cases today. 33 cases remain active, and five are listed as active hospitalizations. According to a release from UC Davis, research suggests that beliefs about COVID-19 have been influenced by politicians, not scientists. A look at Twitter users. From August 10th through December 23rd, 2020, researchers collected data via a cross-sectional survey in all 50 states of U.S.-based Twitter users who followed their state's official public health department Twitter accounts. They then surveyed the individuals about party affiliation and other information, collecting more than 250 responses. Researchers measured inferences about local government's goals, demographics, and beliefs in COVID-19 misinformation. As COVID-19 upended societal norms when it swept through the United States in 2020, a second pandemic, or infodemic, was also on the rise. An analysis of Twitter users by researchers at the University of California, Davis, and University of Texas at Austin suggests that Republican-identifying individuals who believe their local government has positive intentions are vulnerable to believing politically-fueled COVID-19 misinformation. The study did not find the same trend among Democrat-identifying Twitter users. Quote, Our research shows that public health officials can be most successful with their appeals to the public by taking into account pre-existing political views and testing what will or won't resonate with their constituents because of this. That from Hannah Stevens, co-author of the study and a doctoral student at the UC Davis Department of Communication. She goes on to say consumers of health information should be cautious about automatically trusting information broadcast by elected officials based on shared political views, even if they instinctively want to trust them. Moving now to a brief look at regional weather in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight mostly clear and cold with a low around 35. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 60. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 13. A slight chance of snow between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 35. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for the greater Lake Tahoe area due to gusty winds and the possibility of light snow tonight and tomorrow. Although snowfall totals are expected to be small, western Nevada and the Sierra may experience accumulating snowfall this evening, spreading south along the eastern Sierra into Thursday. Motorists should be prepared for possible winter driving conditions, particularly during the Thursday morning commute. And for Sacktown and the surrounding valley, tonight mostly clear with a low around 43. Tomorrow will be sunny and breezy with a high near 65. A wind advisory has been issued for the Sacramento Valley, the Carquinas Strait, and Delta, including the cities of Chico, Oroville, Marysville, Yuba City, and Sacramento. The wind advisory will be in effect from 1 a.m. to 4 p.m. Thursday, March 10th. Gusts could reach 40 mph with the strongest winds expected overnight into tomorrow morning. Motorists are advised to use extra caution when driving, especially if operating a high-profile vehicle. Outdoor objects such as lawn furniture should be secured. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. We close tonight with a commentary by Chaplain Norris Burks about the F-word, although it's probably not the one you're thinking of.
3: The following commentary contains battlefield descriptions that may trigger PTSD for some and may not be appropriate for all listeners. In my 28 years as an Air Force chaplain, I heard the F-word on a daily basis. Soldiers and airmen added power to their complaints by using it as a noun, verb, or adjective. But in all its uses, it's definitely not the most powerful F-word on the planet. That distinction belongs to another word, forgiveness. I learned that in 2009 while serving in the Air Force Field Hospital, Balad, Iraq. On Easter afternoon, three patients were unloaded from a Black Hawk helicopter and wheeled into our emergency room. The first patient was an Army medic with shrapnel in her right eye and a broken left hand. Suddenly she blurted out, I couldn't save him. He's dead, isn't he? Isn't he? Who, someone asked. Our team leader, she said, and in the next few moments, the 98-pound medic recalled riding in a vehicle hit by an EFP, explosively formed projectile, designed to penetrate an armored vehicle. The explosion half-blinded the medic, but she managed to find her team leader who'd lost a leg. Incredibly, she reached into his hip cavity to pinch the femoral artery closed. You did the right thing, our trauma doctor told her. That's what we would have done. He kept talking about his wife and his unborn child, she added, but I couldn't maintain my hold. Just relax now. You're safe, said the surgeon, prepping her for surgery. There's no way to close a hemorrhage that close to the groin. Soon after she'd been sedated, I made my way to another soldier with shrapnel injuries to his left leg. As quickly as I offered my help, he voiced a request. I want you to pray, chaplain. Sure, soldier. What can I pray? I want you to pray that God will forgive the insurgents that killed my friend. What?" Would that kind of prayer sound like, I asked. You know, the prayer Jesus said on the cross, he coaxed, as if trying to remind me of a forgotten password. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Of course I knew it. It was the prayer Jesus prayed as he too bled to death. The prayer wasn't for himself. It was for the mob who unjustly crucified him. Jesus had seen his killers, not as evil people, but as ignorant ones, unwittingly complicit in their own downfall. I think that's a great prayer, Private, I said, still a little unsure of whether I was placating his battlefield shock or mine. Nevertheless, I said the prayer. But before I allowed my eyes to open, I saw something in my mind's eye. It was a bloodied collage of action. I imagined the insurgents planning the bomb, the explosion, the medic struggling to treat her squad, the team leader bleeding out, and the Private praying his prayer for them all. At that moment, I understood. Our world will remain an unending circle of revenge until we learn, as did this simple and wise soldier, to continually repeat Jesus' prayer. And as we pray it with all our hearts and souls, it will be answered. If not in this world, then in the next.
2: The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the speaker only, and not necessarily those of KVMR, its staff, management, board, or contributors.
0: That's the newscast for this evening, Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Check out our website, kvmr.org, where you can listen to all of our previous newscasts and extended versions of our newscast stories. KVMR gets support from listeners locally and scattered all over the globe, and from businesses like Booktown Books, an independent cooperative bookstore since 1998. Featuring nine independent vendors, offering used, rare, and collector's items, including music, DVDs, vinyl, and art. Open daily on Bank Street in Grass Valley. Booktownbooks.com And Weiss Landscaping, with over 75 years of generational experience in landscape architecture, design, and installation. Weiss Landscaping crews are educated, experienced, and provide accountability with warranties on craftsmanship, installations, and irrigation projects. Go WeissLandscaping.com Don't touch that dial. Coming up at 6.30, we bring you The Sages Among Us, and then at 7, it's Democracy Now with Amy Goodman. Thanks for supporting independent community media. I'm Claudio Mendoza. We'll see you right here tomorrow for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. Have a good one.